Welcome to the Future of Medicine podcast, where we believe that feeling great and living a long time is possible and that your healthcare should help you get there. I'm your host, Dr. Aaron Wenzel. My hope is simple, that this show will help you along your journey to becoming the healthiest, strongest, and most powerful version of you possible. Now, let's jump into the show. Hey everybody, before we jump into the show, I uh, just want to give you a quick overview. Jen and I are diving into a part three of a three-part series about the three health pillars. This episode is all about recovering better, uh, and the most important aspect of recovery in the human experience is sleep. This is not an episode about um, how to sleep better. It is an episode about why we believe health is the number one contributor to an optimal health journey and why we need to reframe it, rethink about it, and maybe why we culturally have been thinking about this all wrong. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Future of Medicine podcast. I am your host, Dr. Wenzel. I'm joined, as always, by the lovely and talented Jen Justice. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? Happy spring. Almost spring Almost morning. Almost spring, I know. Almost spring. It feels spring outside. Trees are blooming. Love it. <laughs> it is a nice change. In this episode, we are going to be going into part three of a three-part series we've been doing called The Three Pillars of Health. We've talked about how you feed your body, how you move your body. Mm-hmm. This is about how we recover our body, so all about recovery. Um, as uh, a quick recap to... Uh, the listeners, uh, and in case you haven't listened, basically we believe here that all meaningful progress in one's health journey uh, disproportionately take place in either one of three buckets, Mm -hmm. either by optimizing the way you feed your body, in other words, your diet, or move your body, also said your fitness plan, or recovering your body. And that by really getting an idea of how to optimize those three areas, you really make significant progress Mm -hmm. uh, in in optimizing your health. This episode is all about recovering your body. We're going to start with how do you think, how how should we be thinking about this, Jen? Uh, You know, it's, we believe that it's one of the most important things you can do for longevity and performance, and that's improving the quantity and quality of our sleep, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, I'm not good at it. You're all time great. <laughs> um, explain quickly for the listener, because in, in, in terms of recovery, there are essentially two categories. There's an active recovery and a passive recovery. Mm-hmm. What's the difference? Yeah. So with active recovery, uh, this would be, and this is this is something that I struggle with, just full disclosure. Um, mm-hmm. It's low impact moving activities of daily living it's like the opposite of going ham in the gym right Mm -hmm. (laughs) the opposite of your strength training workout four to five days a week you need days of active recovery where and i um thought at one time that this was just like you take a full day off from the gym like you just don't do anything you lay on the couch it's it's a day off no it's actually that you keep moving you keep doing it at a lower intensity right so that gives your muscles Um, and your body a chance to kind of recover from the work that they've done through the week. So that's active. And then passive is pretty simple. It's sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, And the way that we think about this is sleep is is even more significant than the the passive recovery, i.e. sleep, is even more 
important and significant than the active. Um, so, you know, we, we really, when we talk with our members about how they recover, we're talking about both active and passive, but more importantly, sleep mm-hmm. and how is the quality of your sleep? How well are you sleeping? Um, so we really start there. Yeah, passive re- uh, recovery also includes, you know, the acute injury phase mm-hmm. of an injury. When you're injured, obviously, going for a four-mile walk with a brand-new high ankle sprain, not a good idea. <laughs> right. Uh, and so you do need some passive recovery outside of sleep in the setting of an acute injury. Mm-hmm. But outside of an acute injury, passive recovery, really we're talking about sleeping, mm-hmm. optimizing sleep, and when we talk about recovering our body, we really are talking about sleep. Yeah. Um, even though going for a walk or, you know, just being active uh, through, th- through the day on a day when you're not going to the gym is a recovery day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I th- you and I talk a lot about this, but I think it's time to kind of communicate it formally and that w- we believe it's time to start thinking about sleep. And you alluded to this differently. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody would argue at this point in in the spring of 23 that sleep is not a significant major player in your health. Mm -hmm. What we're debating is we think it's time to elevate it to number one. Yeah. Help listeners understand why we think that or what is behind some of those bold. I mean, that's a bold statement. Yeah. Well, I mean, you kind of did the math, but (laughs) we spend... You know, ideally, if we're sleeping well, six to eight hours in a sleeping state every, every day, day um, which equates to almost 230,000 hours, um, which is a third of our life. So what other thing do we do <laughs> that takes up a third of our life? Zero things. Yeah. We don't train for a third of our life. No. We don't eat for a third of our life. We mm-hmm. eat for moments. We train for moments. Uh, and then we have off days. Mm-hmm. But every day for your entire existence on the planet. We're needing six to eight, and that's later in life. Youngsters are sleeping mm-hmm. 12, 14 hours a day. Yeah. Um, if if we need that much sleep in our entire human existence, how can it not be the most important thing? Exactly. I think by definition, it is the most significant human behavior in one's health journey. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think there's any question anymore um, unless you're just not thinking about it. Yeah. Um, why do you think, why do you think it's so, why do you think sleep is so not appreciated? <laughs> I mean, uh, do you have any sense as to why, like, like when we talk about it, it's kind of like, duh. Yeah. But but until you talk about it, why is it not like right here front of mind? Mm-hmm. I mean, you you opened this saying I, quote unquote, don't have a problem sleeping. I would say that that's true because I prioritize it. Right. So I take it very seriously. I have a great sleep hygiene, which this is not a podcast of how to sleep better. But I feel like the answer to your question is because as a society as a whole, and we deal with a lot of high performing executive types, um, type A personalities, Mm -hmm. they're building businesses, they're very busy or they're busy moms, you know, um, and they just don't 
make it as important as, say, a business meeting would be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, um, you know, they don't have healthy boundaries where they're protecting their sleep. I mean, I'm not perfect. I keep my phone on my bedside stand, mostly because we're available to members 24 seven. Yeah. And, you know, but even last night, an email came through and I found myself picking up the phone and looking to see what it was. That's stupid. Like, Put the phone someplace where you, you, mm-hmm. you can't find it or hear it. So that's an unhealthy boundary that I personally have. But I think that's part of it is that, you know, if, if we put as much emphasis and time and effort into our sleep then we that we then we that we do our marriage or our finances or something like that that's so important to us our lives will radically change for no, the better no question yeah um whatever we pay attention to tends to grow and improve mm-hmm. um i think boundaries is probably i was sitting here thinking of different words and, and i can't come up with it i mean i think appropriate attention and boundaries on this topic are the root of people who are successful at it and mm-hmm. the root of people who are not successful. It's, it's probably exclusively, the differentiator is probably the amount of attention and boundaries mm-hmm. to guard that. I mean, it, and when we look at any successful person in any successful area of their life and we really get under the hood of that successful thing, there's a rhythm yeah, and boundaries and rules. And that you may not even... It may be so organic for you and in your nervous system that you don't even think about it anymore. It's like a beautiful golf swing. Mm-hmm. You know, you just don't think about it. It just, it's there, it's in your nervous system, but it's highly, 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 high, infinitely complex, yeah. actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like sleep is one of those things too, and it just doesn't get the attention, and then the consequence of a lack of attention is you don't have adequate boundaries and Mm -hmm. rules of engagement, and your behaviors and rhythms don't um, yield optimal sleep. Yeah, I have a friend, and and basically he's like, I don't answer any text messages after 9 p.m. Like, I just... I have set that boundary for myself. I've set it with my family. Don't reach out to me <laughs> unless it's a dire emergency. But like, that's a good boundary. I think that's a great place to cut from how to think about it. I mean, yeah. w- we really need to start elevating it to the most important thing. Moving into the second part of this episode, this is about how you will experience, um, how do you experience sleep, the lack of it, or the the abundance of it? And I think... As an extension of part one, we were just talking about, like thinking about why we're probably thinking about it wrong. This lack of boundaries and this lack of attention. I really, look, I'm a dad of a a third grader and of a seventh grader. Mm -hmm. And it starts very early Mm -hmm. where we just, when in doubt, you cut sleep. Yeah. Hey, you got ball practice, you know? I know it's gonna be a little late night, bud, but rally. Uh, it's just youth group. It's just Monday night football. It's just the thing. And then you move in through grade school and it's like, well, it's just this one homework assignment. It's just this one project or this one trip or this one event. It's in college, it's in, in careers. And, and every step along our development as young people into adulthood, we are kind of reinforced vigorously to do the best you can, 
but if you don't have enough time, cut sleep. Yeah. Don't cut the things. Mm-hmm. Don't cut the behaviors or the activities. Right. Cut sleep. Because don't worry, we have chemicals and tools that can kind of help you rally. Mm -hmm. And then you have to kind of compensate. And then the moment you bring in a compensatory mechanism, you'll need compensatory mechanisms on the back end of that because that creates negative impact. Mm -hmm. So you need caffeine to power through the day. You need alcohol at the end of the day to land the plane. Then you need meds to help you go to sleep and stay to sleep. And then you need caffeine. Like it's this vicious cycle. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wonder how much of this is rooted culturally from very early on the busyness of life mm-hmm. um and i'm saying this and feeling incredibly convicted even in my own life but like just the inability to accurately audit mm-hmm. as we talk about all progress begins with telling the truth like auditing your life for the busyness and like are, are there things that were re- that are good things but they're just not essential that we need to start trimming so that we can start appropriately allocating attention and resources and boundaries Mm -hmm. to the things that are essential, like sleep. Um, And how many people do you meet with on a daily basis where maybe they don't even know what it feels like to be rested? Oh my gosh. (laughs) You know, I I, I mean, we were kind of talking before the podcast about your journey as a physician, you know, how conditioned are you as a med student and a resident to put in the hours, put in the work, make medical decisions about people's lives on zero to two hours of sleep. On purpose, as part on, of the training. On purpose to see if you can cut it, to see if, well, I don't know why, but, you know, I would su- assume that's why, but, um, you know, 24-hour shifts, what, why? You know, the interesting thing about my journey is my current state of things is that my sleep is improving and I've made it a priority for you a really couple have. of years. But it's still <laughs> not good. Um, it's mm-hmm. better, mm-hmm. and I'm... I'm, I'm in the gain, not in the gap mm-hmm, with that, mm-hmm. and I'm continuing to make progress. But the funny thing is, funny like not comedy, but funny like ironic, as a youngster, I was a sleep champ. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could fall asleep in a second, and I didn't wake up until it was time to get up, and I was like, anyway, let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, ten years of working nights, days, mid-shift, night shift, in the ER, sleeping through the day when you can, um, really disrupted my nervous system Mm -hmm. and my hormonal environment and my sleep cadence, um, as it does a lot of people. Um, I'm still trying to figure this out. It is the, the thing that eludes me the most in my life is cracking the code on my sleep. Yeah. I still don't have a clear picture. Mm-hmm. Well, it's very complex, as we've said before. <laughs> Lots of moving parts. I, there. I think it's it's. I think it's actually the most complex. Actually, as we were talking in, in before we pressed record on this, it's like, you know, the more we talk about how complex sleep is, the more like elementary and kind of like basic mm-hmm. figuring out the diet is and the fitness sleep who knows yeah like i i still don't even fully grasp what's going on mm-hmm. i just know we need it yeah and i know that there are probably hundreds of variables that in a in a random array of like experiences you're going to get infinite possibility of areas to tinker and dials to twist mm-hmm. um 
and something that's so critical to be that complex and elusive is fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and while we're not here to tell people how to get better sleep, on this episode, this episode really is about, hey, everybody, sleep is the game. Mm-hmm. Like, don't sleep on sleep. Uh, this is really something that needs to become elevated in our priority um, through the day. Um, because, like you say, m- many of our members, they can't even, I don't even remember what it's like to feel rested. Yeah. And how does that impact their health and how they experience not sleeping well is elevated blood pressure. And it's pressure. hard to pursue something yeah. and invest in something if you don't even really grasp the benefit. Mm-hmm. It's all theoretical. Yeah. Um, and so th- this is a really, really um, dangerous thing because we see it manifesting you know, physically as high blood pressure, mm-hmm. overeating to self-medicate, uh, weight gain, poor impulse control, elevated heart rate. Um, we see it present as disease. Yeah. Um, let's move into the third section of this, and that's the way a lack of sleep can make you feel like the emotional experience. <laughs> and I mean, you can speak to this. I mean, as a sleep champ, <laughs> no, it's really remarkable. Like I know Jen very, very well. Um, and I know when she slept well. Yeah. Because Jen, why don't we tell everyone what <laughs> happens with one night, not oh. a bad sleep, of suboptimal sleep Yeah. for you, who your nervous system is absolutely mm-hmm. like, give me sleep or I'm going to fight you. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think we talked in the last episode about fitness, about my hip and kind of that journey for me and Mm -hmm. recently, um, you know, getting it figured out and being less in pain with that. But at nighttime, it just kind of flares up. And so if I roll around a lot or I can't get in a comfortable position and my sleep is just lacking, you know, I think, you know, I wear an aura ring to to track my sleep, but we'll laugh about the score if I text you a score. Um, that is less than a 90, you better buckle up because I'm going to be. <laughs> Meanwhile, I've gotten zero 90s <laughs> in four and a half years of tracking my data every night. Mm-hmm. I can, I've gotten 89 a couple times, 87. It's, it's trending up, but I still have to ever break a 90. Yet one night of sub 90 and you are like. <laughs> I'm grumpy. Space, everybody. Yeah. You know, because we get, you know, mood, irritability, um, we find overwhelm and frustration mm-hmm. is, is a quick trigger, uh, anxiousness. Um, and then when it's chronic, there's this sense of dread. Oh, yeah. An inability to kind of cope with very manageable mm-hmm. life situations. You just don't have a tailwind. You don't mm-hmm. have like the, the energy to put to solving problems. Mm-hmm. And I think we see this in people that take medications to help them sleep. Like I'll get the urgent text message. I have one pill left. Can you call this in for me mm-hmm. so I can go get it today? Because, I mean, they, they they understand understand, and they have that dread is the word that I would use of not getting a good night's sleep. It is dread. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's especially dreadful in the human experience when things get taken away. It's one thing to, like, be so far removed from sleep that you don't even remember what it's like to be rested. Right. It's another thing to have struggle with sleep, then find a reasonable solution and then the threat of that solution going away it is dread Mm -hmm. because i always you know tell people like the only thing worse than being poor is being poor find out a way to not be poor but then becoming poor again yeah like 
humans don't like things that come into our lives that go away. Right. We would rather not have ever than to have and then lose. Mm -hmm. It's more painful. Mm -hmm. It's more painful to lose than it is the positive to gain. Yeah. And that, that's been proven through study after study that psychologically the experience on the negative side of losing is far greater than the positive side mm. of winning. Mm -hmm. It's really fascinating. Um, but we see this, this, this one night of sleep creating this kind of, you know, uh, a real emotional negative impact through the day. But as the, this compounds in more of a chronic phase, we start to see this phenomena of dreading the week, kind of the living for Fridays, dreading Monday, which basically means you have Saturday because Sunday all you're thinking about is I can't believe I have to go back to work on Monday. Mm -hmm. And this like, it's a real compounding negative cycle, which during your waking hours, you then without the in inhibition control and without the kind of general sense of well-being, you start to make decisions around diet, alcohol, mm -hmm. other things that to kind of soothe your angst and soothe your irritability. Um, and then as nighttime approaches, you can kind of really get anxiety around mm -hmm. nighttime, bedtime, because you're not good at it and you're already so tired, but you can't sleep. It, it really becomes oh, this yeah. firestorm, doesn't mm -hmm. it? Um, I actually think that the more successful people are in life and struggle with sleep, the more they struggle with sleep mm -hmm. and the more frustrating it is because why can't I figure this out? Like yeah. I figure things out. I know it is for me. Yeah. Like I, I solve problems for a living. I can't solve my own problem. I remember you texting me. I don't know why this is so elusive for me. Elusive <laughs> is a good word. It is a yeah. good word and it still feels elusive. Yeah. Although I'm hunting and I'm a mm -hmm. hunter. Mm -hmm. I have some trails that I'm following and I'm testing and I'm, I'm not gonna undo decades of wandering yeah. with a couple of years of, of effort. It, it's just not that, the science isn't that clear. Yeah. Um, and, and it's too multifactorial. Mm -hmm. But incremental improvements on something that you do every single day end up being massive area under the curve over time. Amen. So 2% improvement of sleep every night, every night 365 days a year, is a big, big big improvement of net overall recovery. Mm -hmm. And this is about recovery. Right. And so progress over perfection, mm -hmm. any incremental improvement you can make in something as significant as sleep that you do every single day that you're on the planet yields massive, massive. return. Love it. Right? Yeah. Um, and I just hope that people who are listening to this, we can have um, an honest conversation. We can elevate sleep to a level that it deserves, which is the priority in health mm -hmm. um, and um, that people would begin to start thinking about ways that they can cut, eliminate, and build rhythms and behaviors and boundaries that support an optimal sleep experience. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. This is such a great podcast. What are your famous last words, Jen? Because you always have them. <laughs> sleep more <laughs> sleep sleep better better and more yes <laughs> all right everybody i hope you've enjoyed this and we'll see you next time i want to thank you so much for your attention listen i don't take it for granted it means the absolute world to me 
You can find out more about today's episode at brentwoodmd.com forward slash podcast. There you'll find the show notes, all the related links to this episode and tons of other resources. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so. And if you've already subscribed, then it would mean so much to me if you left a review. If you think we'd be a good fit to work together, or you would just simply like to know more about the concierge services that I provide my private clients, email us at membership at brentwoodmd.com. And now for the obligatory disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and does not constitute the practice of medicine or the giving of medical advice as no doctor-patient relationship has been formed. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should seek the advice of their own medical professional providers.